0: Hi and welcome to the latest edition of Hawk Talk. I'm Lindsay Moore. I'm here again with Nick Thompson. Hi, Nick. Lindsay, how are you, sir? Good, mate. We're in very interesting times at the moment with Dan Andrews' announcement yesterday of going into a stage four lockdown. I don't know about you, but I think I'm going to be starting to climb up the wall a little bit by the end of the six weeks.
1: Yeah, I reckon we'll all be a little bit stir-crazy throughout. So I think it's just so important that we, everybody must just keep keeping in contact with the friends and loved ones as much as possible, I think. it's um... Well,
0: just a general sort of
1: comment about
0: the situation is that we just all need to pull our heads in. Make sure we stay at home. Make sure we wear our mask when we're out in public. Make sure we only go out for essentials and look after our mental health through doing that one hour of exercise that you're allowed to do within five kilometres of your house and, and make sure you're staying in contact with um, friends and family.
1: Couldn't agree more with all of that, sir. Well said. And
0: hopefully in six weeks' time, we'll be down to zero cases and we can get back to some sense of normality and start planning for the 2021 football season.
1: Yes, that'd be nice. And we do have a fair bit to do there. Radical as it seems, but (laughs) given that we haven't actually got into the... 2020 season yet, but yes, there'll be a fair bit of work that has to be done to get 2021 up and running and, and in normal normal uh, seasons. Now is the time where the footy ops team uh, is very very busy. So, but
0: first of all, we'll close off 2020 today's show. We've got uh, a couple of a epi- uh, couple of interviews with uh, people regarding the decision to not go ahead with the SMGFL season. So we're speaking to Sarah Lowe, the CEO, to get her thoughts on that decision and and what the the league's planning to try and do in the off season before uh, the end of the calendar year. And we also speak to our own president, Ryan, about the situation and what it means in terms of uh, registration fees, refunds, etc. That's coming up a little bit later in the program. We've also got you making your debut, your first solo interview with the Bosunavlaghi family. Now, did you ring your father to tell him about your, uh, your first interview or, uh, and when are we going to see it on social media? And, and did he or you tear up when you told him?
1: <laughs> I haven't. I haven't done that, actually. Uh, <laughs> but I'll make sure I'll give him a hoy later on and, uh, and let him know that his sons <laughs> cracked the big time. No, I'm looking forward to
0: the the interview with the uh, with Mary, the the mother of Atu and uh, Lema, his uh, his sister. For those of you who don't know, we're talking about Atu Bosanovic, who is a Collingwood listed player, and he's played now about I think three games for Collingwood.
1: Three games, yep.
0: And they're just a sensational, wonderful family, and it'll be good to hear, particularly Mary's thoughts about being in Melbourne whilst her sons. Uh, Travelling the countryside, playing football, and she wasn't able to see his first game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, look, it was a really good chat, really nice chat with the the two of them. So definitely look forward to that.
0: Our next guest is uh, Sarah Lowe, the CEO of the SMJFL. Um, Welcome again to Hawk Talk, Sarah.
2: Yeah, thank you, Lindsay. Looking forward to it.
0: Now, last week, the league had the unfortunate uh, situation of having to announce a, uh, they could not go ahead with the season. That must have been a difficult decision for, for the for the league to take. Disappointing 25 clubs, what is it, about 11,000 players. But at the same time, it was probably the only decision the league could make.
2: Yeah, look, we've um, been riding this um enormous wave uh, since February, March. Yeah, you know, I think it's been difficult for all Victorians and and Australians, and you know it, during that period of time, like who, who would have thought from December when that first um, you know case came about, and and then um, you know some some warning signs in in January February, and then all of a sudden you know everyone will reflect back on March about March 15, 12th or 15th, and so quickly that that changed everybody, um, and we really haven't stopped from that process. We've had a very distinct plan. To, um, to advocate for football um, in general and working really closely with with AFL Vic and they've pushed so hard and advocated to the Victorian government. You know, so every, everyone in sports has been working really hard. The AOS with its um, framework that it put together really was the roadmap back for football, especially for, for junior footy. So really when that came about. At that time, we, we were given a lot of confidence that, you know, football will be um, coming back. And so we haven't stopped. I mean, we've done two pre-seasons to get the season ready, one one at the start for April. And, you know, and then because we had a lot more time on our hands um, and we've been, you know, I think we mentioned last time we've had that prediction of a July 10th, 12th weekend since it started this year, and and we nearly we're nearly able to pull it off. You know, disappointing that three days prior to kick off on Friday the tenth. Um, you know, un- unfortunately with 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 all the information at hand and um, you know, with the with the numbers rising at that time, and even before we made that decision, the numbers were, you know, it, it looks you know not as bad as it does in the four hundreds now, but even at the hundreds at that in that week, it was enough to. For, for the league to have to make the unfortunate decision. Uh, and really it was about not, not just the case numbers but also the time. So the time that we had remaining, if you think about it, you know, our traditional season would have finished on about um, just before school holidays on the 20th of September. Uh, and because Cricket Victoria um, had agreed to be able to, you know, give football the access till the end of September, and just to be clear, that's that's only home and away. So that we're able to stretch junior football could go to the 11th of October, but that was only for finals. So, you know, before we could even get to a final series, you'd want to be able to run some home and away games. So uh, unfortunately, the, the time we had was only till the end of September. So hence that reason. And and I think because we had been through this once before, we, we knew that at the time, so even if the 16th or 19th of August was the six weeks, that, you know, restrictions wouldn't be eased, that we could just go back into playing games.
0: Yeah, look, we had inter- interesting discussions in and around our club about going back for a third attempt to try and get the season going. But if there was no no guarantee of going ahead and disappointing all the kids about playing again, that would be probably more harmful than actually um, just cancelling the season outright.
2: Yeah, you're not wrong, Lindsay, and that was very much um, a big factor into the decision. So it was probably, you know, that, that's probably the the third, not in any particular order, but, um, you know, like just knowing the amount of hours that the volunteers had, had put in twice and they'd do it a third time with such limited time, I think everyone could start to see the writing on the wall. And, you know, I think this, where, where the big difference is this time as well, Lindsay, is in the first time it was, you know, international travellers. This time it's community transfer. So this is where a really big distinction has got to be a, as well, you know, and as you can see, the, the, the case numbers have been astronomical <laughs> in this last week and they continue to rise. So we have to, you know, once it's in the community, the community transfers is, is is the big issue because it's just everyone that you've had contact with and then everyone they've had contact with and it just keeps multiplying. So that's where, that's why I'm talking about the time. It's not just the time that we have with September it's a time this this virus is going to take once once it's community transfer to get us to a point of you know reducing these numbers so that that's the unfortunate thing and you know obviously safety is a big a big element and and because it's multiplication of the community transfers at this rate all these elements just had to to get to to this decision so obviously the numbers the actual virus uh, the volunteer load um, the time left remaining uh, and balancing it with the, the the six wonderful weeks that kids got to be with their mates and got to train and you know even run some you know in internal practice matches and stuff like that I mean that's that that's all we do it for so you know it was the most heavy-hearted decision and I know that the board were you know completely they've reflected back to me on the on the you know on the night we had to make that decision um it's the hardest thing that they've ever had to make we've had some good ones to have to deal with throughout the years but this one yeah it's a it's a you know it was an emotional decision
0: i think your description of heavy hearted probably sums it up for everyone not only not only the league the league the board but all the 25 club um presidents 25 club committees and and coaches and volunteers
3: yeah,
2: and that's what we're governed to do. Yeah, we, we're governed to make those hard decisions, but it wasn't a light decision. Um, you know, it's it's been obviously playing on our mind the entire year and, you know, it, it, it has been uh, – there, there was a roadmap that's important. There was never a roadmap provided by the AIS and then taken over by um, the AFL. Um, to do that, we, would, we wouldn't have even pursued it. So uh, – and, and pretty much – throughout the whole of Victoria, I believe there's only three more leagues that are still holding on for a hopeful season. And and I think we're, you know, people have, they, they understand our decision, but I think where, where some of the um, frustration lies is that just, believe it or not, just in our region, we're, we're the only league and region that's literally haven't been impacted by the virus. So people have actually said to me, but, you know, we could still play, but you, you can't do that. <laughs> it, it would have been well. We can't anyway because obviously we can't due to the restrictions. We we, we can't even gather in more than twos, so um, not not possible. But uh, I know that that's one part that's come back to me that um, last week. That but we're we're not being affected. It's it's like well, it, it is only a matter of time as we've seen, and now it's unfortunately slowly encroaching into our area.
0: Just moving forward now. I understand the league is looking to put in place some alternative. Programs to try and get some sort of football for uh, the players of the SMJFL in the future?
2: Yeah. Lindsay, we, we've we've left it open. We uh, talked to the, we, I mean, we've been consulting with the clubs all year, and you know about how the the season may look and everything else. So we've, um, oh, I just call this one Plan C. We're up to now. So we had Plan A, Plan B. We go to Plan C. Anyone who knows me knows that I, I I don't like to give up. Um, and and we're we're here for the
0: kids. So I thought you'd be up to about Plan Z by now.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I've always got something up my sleeve. Um, yeah, I don't like giving up on on anything. Um, you know, we always live in hope, and um, and like I said, we do it for the kids, and um, and and we've had so much feedback from the clubs and um, and the kids that you know how important football is, and and we're we're all football people, so we we get it, uh, and we we just like I said, reflect on the six weeks that the um the, the kids just got to train, and and people have even said to me, goes Sarah, if we can just train this year, <laughs> just, you know, we'll be pretty happy. So. Look, what we're doing at the moment, we've, we've been catching up with our local government partners on behalf of um, all the clubs because the issue that we have is that we can't play beyond September. There's, there's no football grounds available. Um, so even though the, you know, it is that 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 period of where the cricket season starts and um, and we don't get those grounds. So and we don't want to interrupt or interfere with with any of the other sports. And 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 the quicker we're off as well, the quicker we make sure that 2021 kicks off without um, in any interruptions because that was part of the, the, the cricket deal is that if we go into October, we'd have to start later. So, you know, and in the months of April, it's some of the best months to play football um, every year. So we don't, yeah, we don't want to be holding any other sport up there. So we, you know, started commencing our talks with um, councils and schools and, and, and anywhere that has alternate grounds that aren't being used by other sports and I think that's really important that we we pursue those those options because so we um, that so we have all the time that we want as long as we can find the facilities now so that's a key thing we've we've got um, a club catch up next Wednesday which all clubs are, are welcome to come and and send anyone along because we don't profess to know everything and we like we've done the whole of this year we've consulted with clubs all the way and we think really important that, you know, that the clubs have a a say in in what can be done. And and I'm very conscious of the fact that whatever we come up with, it's got to be not a lot of impact on volunteers, because this will be the third time you've done something. So we want it to be low cost, no cost, you know, anything like that. We just want the kids to be running around having fun. It'll be very informal, obviously, because of the timing, you know, that's why if we look at different age groups, like the modified rules, <clears throat> you know, they would have had lightning carnivals um, over two weekends. And, you know, that that's that's definitely not off the cards because to, to get the amount of grounds we need, if there is, um, you know, definitely a palatability from clubs and, and the families and kids who want to do that over a couple of weekends, that is going to be a lot easier to organise. Because we're not looking, yeah, we're not looking at ten weeks, and no way would we want to be again interfering with other sports. So that's an opportunity to do that for the, um, you know, the, the middle and older age groups. You know, there's the sky's the limit about what we can do. It's just a matter of the restrictions. So it's a matter of when those restrictions ease that we can even get back into. You know, decent number groups, and then the ability to be able to to have contact. Um, we we can do things without contact. Obviously, something like AFL nines doesn't have contact, or, or very minimal contact, or incidental contact. Uh, but in essence, those those are those types of options, and and obviously. We'll, we'll try and um, get some ground so that, that clubs can have some, um, you know, intra-club matches and, you know, or just be a, a ability to have a kick. So things, you know, obviously with the return to play, there's there's a lot of compliance, which every club did amazingly to get the signage, um, to get their, their, their staff, uh, you know, all their volunteers, you know, doing the, the COVID safety courses. And, and you know, we're, we're all aware of what we have to do and, it's not to waste because it's going to be like this in the future. You know, it's, it's it'll be part of us for, you know, for a little while. So I don't think anything's gone to waste. It's just disappointing. But, again, I'm not just looking at 2021 and putting the queue in the rack. There's, there's hope for um, October, November. Um, you know, we probably won't encroach into December. But uh, I, I think those times there, it's just, you know, it could be a carnival style. You know, we could have, like, the different hubs in the different regions where we can get some grounds everywhere and, and just, you know, so why not? Hub life looks to be good for some AFL clubs. We, we may look at something, you know, similar where people can just on a carnival day, you know, attend this ground or that ground and, you know, have a couple of games and run around.
0: Now, being a bit lighthearted, talking of hub, hub-based clubs, why didn't the SMJFL move all 25 clubs up, up to uh, Queensland and run the competition up there?
2: Yeah, look, uh, I've got family up in <clears throat> Queensland and uh, they're ex-Victorians and they, uh, they're they loving watching all the football matches every week and thinking they're going to get our AFL Grand Final But uh, and, of course, our beloved Saints, Lindsay, up at Noosa at the moment. So they, they uh, that, that would have been a great idea. Would would have been a um, good logistical challenge to do.
0: Just finally one more question for you, uh, Sarah, and I really appreciate your time. We've spoken about the 2020 season. What about the 2021 season? What what sort of impact is COVID going to have on your planning? And what's your thoughts about whether COVID is actually going to have an uh, an impact on the actual season itself next year?
2: Yeah, look, no no one's got a crystal ball, but and we've said this all along. This year, we we haven't had a crystal ball. We all we've done is look at, look at all the facts and 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 listen to the government advice. And you know, we, we're so well supported by you know. The, the AFL and the AIS through through their return to play and their framework of sport. And, you know, I think maybe some, something people don't realise is that those are some of the highest standards going around in, in relation to, to just, um, you know, testing and, and you know, what, what you have to do in compliance and everything else. I think that's what I'm saying. It hasn't gone to waste what everyone's done. If, if anything, I think all the clubs, have, you know, completely embraced it they embrace what we had to do because again we're only fighting for one thing here which is the kids and because the volunteers are parents that that's why everyone's so uh engaged embedded and um you know in, into into doing this so uh, I, I think there'll definitely be some sort of impacts next year because it'll just it's going to take time um and that's just the reality but I can't see any club who's not ready because you've been ready twice and now you you're ready for a normal season and then an abnormal season you were ready for again um, before July and you know so anything that gets thrown at us next year is I' will just say all well, the clubs are ready so game on we're we're ready to go and I think if anything um, you know what what I did with the staff last last week was set them a a really big task and challenge to to reinvent football you know like here's the opportunity you know good businesses are going to look at this type of adversity and and what we've gone through and and make sure that we are 100% ready because no one was ready this year but we think we've done an amazing job to to even get to this point and provide some hope and um, we were nearly there and yeah, we we we're ready to go for next year and I think the clubs are ready too. That every club's going to have a break. You you need that mental break. You need that that time with your kids to talk them through this process, but we're excited. And the reason I'm excited is that we we've had unprecedented numbers this year. So even in the most weirdest, you know, year with the pandemic and COVID, you know, we we've had more teams registered, more players registered, more umpires than we've ever had before and we didn't even get to play. So can you imagine next year? um, Yeah, we're definitely ready to go.
0: Thanks, Sarah. Look, appreciate your time. It's been good to be able to actually have access to the CEO of the league, have a chat on our podcast. Thank you, firstly, for that. Secondly, personally and on behalf of the club, thank you and your staff for your efforts in trying to get a season up in um, the most difficult of circumstances and also on behalf of our players we've got 350 odd players um, we're all disappointed that they didn't get to play football the one thing they can be thankful for is that is that the league and the 25 clubs gave them the best opportunity to get out onto the park at some point but circumstances prevented that so thanks Sarah oh
2: no problem at all and you know to the Waverley Park, Hawk kids and volunteers, you know, and and every all the other 24 clubs, like hang in there. I know it's disappointing, but um, we will try and do something this year for, for everyone, and we'll, we'll try our best based on on government easing restrictions and 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 just Victoria getting healthier and fighting through this. That's we, we just have to. We're all in it together, and we just got to do it stage by stage. But as soon as that window is open and and it's safe to do so, and we can do do that we'll we'll, we'll do something a bit fun this year because that's what it's about our focus is now just footy for fun
1: very exciting today to be joined by Lema and Mary bozena um, to have a chat about her experiences at the Hawks so thanks guys very much for joining me
3: Thank you for having Thank
1: us. You. Obviously, it's very disappointing that we didn't get a season up this year. That was um, sad that we didn't get to play any games. So I just wanted to get your ideas lie on what you've been doing um, to, uh, you know, keep a little bit engaged with footy or keep working on your footy between now and next year, or what have you been up to? To be
4: honest, I haven't really done anything ever since training stopped. I just... And I know, just not focusing on school.
1: Yeah, I know my boy's been wanting to have a kick regularly with me, but Holly not quite so much. But, yeah, have been dragging the family members out to have a kick of the footy?
4: No. Yeah. Right. I want to do with Atu. I'm so used to with Atu
1: that I don't know. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, that makes it hard. Because he's been away now for about four weeks, has it, or three weeks?
3: Yeah, it's four weeks now.
1: Yeah, very difficult. And obviously now going to be quite a lot longer.
3: Yes, now it's going to be another 10 weeks.
1: Yeah. Your big brother's away. Let's put footy aside for a minute. How does that impact you, Lay? other than you can't go and have a kick with a footy with him?
4: It's different having It's different having him around as often. Yeah. And, you know, I would say I'm pretty close with our two.
1: You two are very close.
4: We get along with each other sometimes, all the time. I annoy him sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure that makes it hard for the family. It's interesting to see that other side. We're all there screaming at our AFL teams to, you know, do better. And <laughs> but, there's, but there's people at home missing them a lot, isn't there? So.
3: Yeah, that's that's when we watch him on TV. That's that's our 80 minutes of pleasure because it's our only time we see him. That's and then when hard. the game's over, it's like a bittersweet feeling. Yeah.
1: Oh well fingers crossed that the the time will pass uh, and hopefully this will be the only season we have to have like this ever. Uh, uh Lema, can you tell me why you play footy? Obviously you've had a bit of a rugby background as well.
4: I to again. I don't know, last year I just wanted to try it out to see how I would go. And obviously I didn't know I was gonna do that good of a job. Yeah, it went so, well. So- yeah, it did go well. <laughs>
1: so,
4: <laughs> I can just decide to play more.
1: Oh, that's yeah. good. What do you love most about it?
4: I don't know. It's just playing with my friends, having, I don't know, more opportunities than that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, playing with the friends seems to be the very common theme, mm. um, which is great and I think really important for us, all of us parents, to remember that that's really why you guys love it so much. Um, Mary, can I ask you, what has local sport, whether it be footy, rugby, any all the junior sport that your kids have done, what has that meant to your family?
3: I think the whole purpose of getting kids involved at such a young age is first to get them, keep them occupied, so they're not pulling our hair out, yeah. you know, so... <laughs> Uh, I, I think, and then after a while, as they get a bit older, um, a, as parents, uh, I think you, you start to recognise signs. You know, um, you know whether um, you know they have a certain knack for it. Um, you know, but, uh, and and Artu, look, and Laema is is the same. There are some things that uh, you know I, I found at Artu's age in junior footy that he was particularly good at that other children would probably try a little bit harder to get. Yep. Do you know what I mean? And those are the signs that we took as, you know, maybe this just might be his gig, um, you know? Um, and then from then on, I, I think it's, uh, look to our family, it's it's meant the world because we, we, we love watching them do things that they enjoy, you know, that they, they enjoy it. Um, you know, we get them outside you know? Um, it's 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 not it's not only good for them, but it's good for us as well. And then in the meantime, at, at the same time you end up making long long term long life friendships. You know. Well I'm still I still speak to Artu's um, some of his mates that he played with back at Caulfield Bears when he was seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Yeah. We still keep in touch now.
1: Yeah. That's you know? definitely for, for my family the same thing, the the community that we've been able to get involved oh, in. Yeah. The local area has just been fantastic. Yeah. The footy club's a huge part of that. so It's great. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. Now, Lema, we've watched Big Brother take his first few steps in the AFL over oh. the last few weeks. But tell me more about your ambitions. Is that your goal as well, to run around in the AFLW?
4: Uh, I'm still trying to decide between rugby and footy. I like them both, but I could say I'm maybe progressing a bit more in footy than rugby. I don't know. It's big here, so it's a lot more opportunities. Here. Yeah.
1: Do you still play? Well, obviously not this year, but are you still playing both?
4: Yeah, yeah I'm still playing both.
1: That makes for a busy winter
4: yeah. schedule, I would imagine.
3: <laughs> it's been our schedule for the last six, seven years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you're working as well?
3: Yeah. yeah I'm I mean, they're, they're bruised and battered by the end of the weekend, it, but it, it leaves less time as well for, you know, for spare time. Yeah, if spare you, time. you know what I mean? If you keep them <laughs> occupied at all corners, you, you just, there's, there's less, less chance for distraction.
1: How do we find time for school?
3: Oh, not very good. Not very good. <laughs> <laughs> when the season's on, it's hard. I think, with this homeschooling it's it's hard to 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 focus and and get it together on your own without
4: it's easy the, at school the
3: group of people around you physically
4: yeah
3: got to self motivate yourself
1: Leigh, tell me about the team the multicultural team that you were na- named in at the end of last season
4: oh yeah what
1: what was that tell us exactly what that was
4: um what was it I only found out I, I didn't even, um, for the multicultural thing, everyone had to trial. This is the but...
3: problem when mum takes care of everything, that the kids <laughs> just come along for the ride. Did you play? Victorian Multicultural Squad, which was made up of uh, all different players from different backgrounds, cultural backgrounds. So they, uh, there was a, uh, there was a Kiwi, Fijian, African, like Lebanese. Lebanese, all different cultures. Asian. And they played. Um, they basically they had uh, trial. They had they had trials along the way. Look, we we were blessed because Lama didn't even trial. <laughs> <laughs> she just got called up to Essendon Football Club, and we were there, which was yeah crazy. It was out of this world. But they played the Victorian Indigenous Aboriginal team, yep. and they. So good. Were was, amazing.
1: Yeah, how was the skill
4: level? The last Don't even. It
3: was. It was like, it was just. It was ridiculous. I was in awe, and I couldn't even pick out one. The whole squad. It was just. It's like they. It's. It's like they played in their sleep. It's like watching from where we come from. It's like watching a Fijian rugby sevens team. And, and I noticed as well that they played with more flair. It wasn't necessarily structured footy. Yeah. It was just like they almost knew, you know, it was, it was like a group of friends, like they knew each other that well. Whereas in the multicultural team, they had their backs, their forwards, you know, that, and and they were trying to, you know, strategically take it down to the 50. It, you know, it was very... But they just pick up the ball, handball it backwards, knowing that Sally'd be in the corner. And it was just, it was crazy to watch. Loved it. it was the trip. The championships are in Darwin. So at the end of that match, um, where the Indigenous girls won, that's where they picked um, the state team from.
1: I did want to ask Lay about something that was maybe a little bit difficult last year. Lay, your strength. And your ability to tackle oh. um, and impose yourself <laughs> on the game is obviously one of your biggest attributes, and it's what makes one of the things that makes you so dominant in a game of footy. Um, however, we as not everyone will know, obviously, listening, but it caused you a few dramas last year. So, um, rather than me say it or tell the story, can you tell us a little bit about what happened last year?
4: It was now. It was the game against what's the team called again? Something Panthers, no.
3: Oh, yeah, Cheltenham.
4: Cheltenham Panthers, yeah. And um, I was maybe there was this girl, she was running, and I was running after her. And I kind of, like, I tackled her like this, and I like kind of, like, slammed her to the ground. Well, it wasn't that hard. It didn't even look that hard. And then she just, she was, like, laying on the ground there, like, kind of looked like she was dead. And then I got a red card. No, I actually got a yellow card, and then he came to me at the bench, and then he gave me a red card.
1: And that was tough for you, I recall, at the time because we know that you don't... So how did that make you feel and then what did you do to adjust the way you played afterwards?
4: I didn't feel... I felt bad for hurting her. But, I don't know. I just...
3: She was reluctant to tackle for a while. Yeah,
4: I didn't tackle as...
3: She did more of the clothesline, just putting the arm out. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Hoping that someone (laughs) had run into it.
1: And obviously as you get a bit older, that will become less and less of a thing, I think, because there'll be less of the really small kids.
3: And, And to add on, that was actually one of the things that they encouraged her at the state level. They said that her tackling was on point. Hundred percent. They said that um, one of one of the ladies, uh, she plays for Richmond, and she said um, she said to Liam, "You have to continue tackling the way that you do because some of the women at our level still struggle to tackle like this."
1: As a club, it was a difficult one. I recall. I think I might have said her at the time that uh, on yeah. some of these, you're just going to have to try and hold people up a little bit, yeah. yeah. bring them down, because yeah. the the umpire might interpret it the wrong way if you bring them down That's to fine. the ground. So. That's right. Which is really hard because then you're adjusting your natural instincts, if you like, which is... That's right. Yeah, which is her greatest strength. Like what that lady said at the multicultural team, um, is to continue doing what you do because it'll take you places down the track, that's for sure. But before I move on from there, (laughs) did I get the name right? Yes, you did. Beautiful. You did, yeah. And what... What's it going to take for Bruce McAvaney and Brian <laughs> to...
3: <laughs> uh, What well, uh, you know? Sometimes I, I feel like we might ending them. There is an I at the end, not a U. Yeah,
1: that's right, because I'm, I'm forever, what's
3: yeah, that? Yeah, I'm forever <laughs> hearing goo, 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 and I'm thinking, where is this U coming from? <laughs> It's a whole nother. Uh, vowel. What are they? <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. I, I I just love listening to them learn it.
4: Yeah, it's it's
3: awesome.
1: It's good. So I got very lucky in that. Obviously, my older boy was at primary school with Lai, So when,
3: mm-hmm. um,
1: when you first came to the club last year, I came home to Lockie and I said, "Mate, how do I say this name?" And he was able to. <laughs> he was able to tell me <laughs> perfectly. So <laughs> so all we need to do is send him around to see. The commentators, <laughs> he can give them a,
4: he
1: can give him a sharp instruction.
0: Earlier in the program, I spoke to uh, the CEO of the SMJFL, Sarah Lowe, about them not going ahead with the season. We have now have Ryan Hammond join us as the uh, president of our club. Welcome to Hawk Talk, Ryan.
5: Thanks, Lindsay. Uh, good to be on again.
0: Just following up on the uh, Susan not going ahead, what are, what are your thoughts?
5: Uh, well, I think uh, firstly, probably like everybody, uh, like all of our members, disappointment was the, the first uh, feeling that came to mind, and I think mainly for the kids. Uh, you know, in the, this year has been really tough for the kids with a lot of uh, homeschooling. There's been a whole lot of things cancelled and postponed with uh, a whole lot of things throughout their... Their year, be that school with uh, school camps or um, school sports as well, uh, as well. And so to have footy and sport uh, added to that list, I, I reckon is a, a bit of a, a kick in the guts for all the for all the kids. So for me, the disappointment for the kids was was the main feeling, and still still am disappointed for the kids, and, and really do feel sorry for them. Uh, with this, with this year, that's uh, not been able to get out, have a run around, or, or most importantly, uh, enjoy some time with their mates, which uh, I think footy is, is uh, all about, is getting out, having a bit of fun, having a bit of run around, get some exercise, and uh, more importantly, have a having a bit of fun with your mates. So disappointing to say the least. Uh, but given the circum, given the current circumstances, um, you know, understandable that. That we've had to uh, we've had to give it a miss to to date. To uh,
0: just picking up on um, the disappointment of, uh, of of our players, the SMJFL is actually looking to continue to try and run some sort of football activities before the end of the calendar year. Is the Waverley Park Hawks as a club going to um, get involved with those activities if they go ahead, depending on circumstances?
5: yeah look I think depending on the circumstances we'll certainly uh certainly have a look as uh, as I said a couple of times it really depends on on the timing and uh, what the current situation is uh, when that when that time comes up I'd I'd love to see uh, see some of the kids get a, get out on the park and, and have a kick under whatever format that may be. Uh, it just depends uh, on when when that may happen. And uh, what, what the timing is around that and also what the restrictions are around that as well. It's, it's, at the moment, everything's really difficult to sort of predict. But uh, for, for us, even if we could get a, a couple of weekends of some inter-club matches or some round-robin between uh, a couple of the, the teams of the same age groups, just uh, for the kids to have a kick would be, would be fantastic. Um, if things... Keep going the way they uh, they are at the moment, though. I think it, it might be out of our hands, and we then just have to cross our fingers that the, the kids can get back into a summer sport. But we'll just have to have to wait and see, and, and hope for the best at the moment. Now,
0: what what has the club decided to do in regards to registration fees? I know the club has got a, a lot of expenses that they wear at the start of the year before the season even starts. So giving every member a refund would Difficult. So, has the club made any decision on what they're going to do with this year's registration fees and and, and, and 2021?
5: Uh yeah. As you said, uh, Lindsay. Unfortunately, we were uh, what? Well, we we're only three days out of, of season starting. So, as a result of that, all of the the majority of the expenses that we incur uh, were already incurred. Unfortunately, for the for the season. So, um, makes things a, a little difficult. However, uh, with through discussions with the committee, we've made the decision to actually roll the roll the registration fees over to from 2020 to 2021. Uh, there'll be a we expect there'll be a small sort of admin fee, which uh, you'll see when you register next year for those who um, rolled over. There'll be a small admin fee, um, which we're just uh, working through now and the size of that fee. We're we're trying to minimise that fee as much as possible. Uh, We've just got to wait to to see all of the final expenses come through and and see where we sit. But we're certainly – the plan certainly is to minimise that uh, that sort of admin fee as as much as we can for – and it'll be a a token registration fee um, uh, next year for those who roll over. Of course, uh, not everybody is in a situation where they can they can roll over, and and we sort of fully understand that, especially in the current circumstances. Um, so, for those people who uh, who do need a, a refund, then we've we just asked them to send it through to our registrar email address, and and once we get uh, all of those requests, then we'll um, we'll start some processing processing of of some of the uh, some of those registration fees, again, with a, a small admin fee. And, again, we're, uh, we're just trying to minimise the, the admin fee wherever possible, and as a result of that, uh, we're just waiting uh, to see what the numbers look like before making a, a final call on that number. But I can assure all our members that uh, it's as small as we can make it, uh, and uh, it certainly won't cover all of the, the costs that we've incurred up to this date, but at the same time, uh, we also understand that the, the situation isn't great for a lot of people at the moment, so we will uh, we do our best. Oh, that's good to hear.
0: Now, Ryan, you put your hand up at the start of the year to be uh, president for the first time. I don't think you could have jumped into a, a, a more difficult circumstance of what's occurred this year with COVID. What are your reflections on your first year as president?
5: Well, I would have uh, liked to have seen a game of footy. That would have been uh, <laughs> point number one. And certainly, uh, someone had said to me uh, when I uh, took on the role late last year that we we're going to get through to what are we? Almost August. And uh, I'm yet to see a game of footy as uh, as a as president. I would have told them they were uh, they were bonkers, but. That's the way it's been at the moment. Uh, look, yeah, it's it's certainly been a, a different a different year for everybody, um, and not one that I'd had in mind when I took over. But it's one of those things. We uh, we just got to roll with roll with the punches, as they say. And, and I think everybody's doing the best they can, and uh, the committee's done a, a fantastic job. Uh, with uh, Under difficult cir- circumstances, uh, all of our coaches and volunteers have done a, an awesome job. They, they've all put in a, a whole heap of work. Uh, as I said, we we're three days out from starting. So the amount of work that the committee and all our volunteers, coaches, assistant coaches, trainers put in to get us to the point where we were just about to go it was uh, was just amazing. And, and I think that with the COVID restrictions and the amount of hoops and protocols that we had to jump through to to get to a point where we could A, train, and then B, be in a position where we could train, Uh, it did take a whole lot of work, which was additional to what is normally um, normally undertaken, but uh, everybody did what they had to do with, without complaint and just uh, just got on with it. So a massive thanks to the committee and all of the all of our volunteers. Um, and look, I'm just uh, one one cog in the whole wheel of of keeping the, the club running and running smoothly. And and so uh, myself along with everybody else, it was uh, uh, it has been a tough year, and a whole lot of people put in a whole lot of hard work. And unfortunately, today, we don't really have too much to show for it in terms of uh, kids playing footy, which is all what we're here for, to get the, the kids out on the ground and and having a kick. But um, that's the way it goes, unfortunately. So we just get on with it, get through it, and uh, look towards next year where hopefully, well, we will be. We'll be back bigger than, and better than ever and, and certainly, certainly keen to, to get out and have a kick, that's for sure.
0: So just following on from that, uh, you're going to go for a second term as president, so you can at least
5: see one game of football with the president's hat on. <laughs> yeah, well, I wouldn't mind having a, a somewhat normal season actually uh, as president, just to uh, to see how that one rolls. I've had a I've had one at the opposite end of the scale, so certainly go around again to um, to see how uh, a, a more normal season un- uh, works. So no problems at all on that front. Um, look looking forward to it, actually, another uh, a, a more normal season. Yeah, that, that
0: that's good to hear. I'd just like to say thank you to you in your first year as president on behalf of committee and all our volunteers and, and, and players. You've done a fantastic job in really difficult circumstances. Not one of us on the committee, not one of the coaches, not one parent would have expected that we'd have a season where we didn't play a game. And to go through, as you said, to go jump and go through so many hoops, you've um, provided a great deal of leadership to to the committee, to and to the club. So uh, on behalf of everybody, just say thank you for uh, your efforts this year.
5: I uh, appreciate it, Lindsay. But uh, as I said, it's I'm just uh, one one part of a, a larger organisation, and and everybody, I think everybody's put in a whole lot of hard work. And one thing I did forget to mention when we we spoke about the. The registration fees the the amount of positive feedback that we've got from our members uh, and sponsors as well uh, regarding just uh, just rolling over the fees and, and assisting the club wherever possible has been uh, has been absolutely fantastic some of the um, some of the, the positive emails that we get uh, in the background uh, are noted and really appreciated in in what's a, a tough time for everybody but uh, the positivity and the community spirit, I think, of the, of the footy clubs have been absolutely uh, amazing. So a massive thank you to all the, all the members as well who uh, have been so understanding of the, uh, the situation.
0: Thanks for that, Ryan. Well done on the job uh, this season and, and all the best for next year.
1: Well, that's all we have time for this week. Massive thanks to our guests for joining us as always. Uh, Big thanks to you for listening. And stay tuned. We've got some really exciting high-profile guests coming up soon that we'll make some announcements about on our social media. So keep an eye out for those. That's it. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks to everybody again. And go Hawks.